This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on March 10th, 2023. And uh, what a session we had yesterday. Um, this is uh, not normal at all. Um, we had a big move down in the S&P 500 futures, um, taking out the uh, recent lows. And the uh, and the and yeah, well, you can see the bleeding across our theme baskets with bubble stocks and e-commerce, everything related to technology, uh, leading those declines lower. But it all came down to SVB Financial, which is a Silicon Valley bank, which is a, a, a banking uh, institution in Silicon Valley uh, with uh, almost ten thousand employees, uh, branches around the world, even here in Denmark, sucking in high net worth individual money into the uh, Silicon Valley ecosystem. They were down 60% yesterday, 20% uh, as well in the extended session. JP Morgan Chase down five and a half. Some of the other uh, regional banks are down more than 10%. So um, this is, uh, this is an, 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 a crazy development. And uh, we've put in here on slide three a, a couple of uh, graphics to show you uh, some of the issues there around uh, SVB uh, Bank. So first of all, they have a very high degree of securities uh, to... Um, to their earnings and assets, which you can see on that um, that bar chart there that goes uh, horizontal with the blue line. So very much uh, securities is a big driver of their balance sheet and their earnings. And the reason why this has become a problem is that the interest rate shock has created a lot of unrealized losses on their, on their uh, bond portfolio uh, book. They have been forced to sell $21 billion worth of bonds. Uh, and the reason for that is that when you're highly leveraged, and your 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 spread between deposits and securities is declining, and deposits in general are declining. That's what you can see with that uh, chart there, with the green and the brown uh, bars. So there is uh, people are pulling money out of the bank, and that of course makes it more difficult to to keep these bond positions uh, on the book, and thereby you're forced to sell it. And then the flows, uh, sorry, the the losses on those bonds flow through the income statement and down to the equity. And right now, the CEO was out saying yesterday that they need to raise at least $2 billion uh, in equities. And um, they surely didn't get the, uh, the, uh, the vote of confidence from Peter Thiel, which is a, a key Silicon Valley ecosystem man and one of the biggest investors in, in, in the VC industry. So a lot of focus on U.S. banks. Um, and I think today, Stain, we have you on the call on a, on a line here. Very much appreciated because you have the experience. You have seen this so many times before. And um, I... I'm not as experienced as you, uh, but it, it really smells uh, what is happening. And as you can see here on slide 14, um, we, I think it's going to be a big test of the options market today, potentially. Maybe maybe today is too early, Peter. And, and by the way, thank you for calling me old in, in that introduction. Um, <laughs> what we need to understand about optionality and the way you dynamically hatch options is that the market in 90% of the uh, occurrences or events will mean reverting like the same day. So a normal sort of follow-on from the sell-off and the increased volatility that we saw yesterday, Thursday, uh, if that uh, rebounds about 50% and some reduction in volatility overall, then the market makers and the overall position of the market is in status quo and, and, and a lot of models, both in quant uh, hedge funds, but also in market making in banks, 
is based on, on this mean reverse. And that is also to some extent that goes into what is called the value at risk, which is the way that regulators monitors the risk uh, by the same uh, uh, risk takers in, in, in the banking system, people who issue the bonds. However, and this, this is the key point, if you have, in my opinion, if you have two and a half days of volatility in the same direction, and volatility in this sense is always on the downside, so direction of prices falling, you will get to a point where the market no longer can hold the car, so to speak. So in poker analogy, they will have to fold and give up and then chase the money. And the way, uh, and as you can see on this slide on slide four, uh, on the left side, we, there's been input a, uh, a volatility curve around the S&P 500. Market is very short gap. They hope to get that gamma back today, either because the non-farm payroll saves the day or because simply the market reacts and say, this is overblown in terms of the analysis into a regional bank in, in the US. And, and for the record, for the listeners, uh, regional banks in the US is about 6% of the overall credit index. So it's not a large part, but this means it's not a significant part. And in particular, this bank plays a, a very high uh, poker game of, of uh, playing in the Silicon Valley and funding companies out there. So there, there could be some, some material impact from that. But overall, the option might cannot sustain two and a half days. So going to back to what you say today could be a big day. Yeah, to some extent. But I think the big, big day is on Monday. If we, after yeah, having had a weekend to think about things, so we start in Asia and uh, Europe, we've been way down again then I think that is the real event. So uh, the old hand that I am, Peter, I'll probably say today is a 50-50, um, but if today closes on the negative, if the number from the non-file comes in and does not save the day, but creates additional uh, nervousness, then clearly we, we, we have something to play for on Monday. But, but generally speaking, and I have to, to say this to the listeners, uh, over the weekend, we tend to see either the central banks, in this case, the Federal Reserve React, always see that the market sort of finds a new equilibrium. So it's not given because we closed down on the day today that we will have a bad opening on Monday. But Monday, to me, is the critical part. Having said that, of course, you need to play this. The market being short gamma means that the only way you can really get gamma back as a market maker is by selling the underlying. So as the market... Uh, potentially continues to sell off, then the market makers will exponentially have to hedge more and more because, of course, deltas on which you hedge uh, are dynamically uh, driven by volatility. And when volatility moves, we move what we call in mathematical terms, discontinued pricing. That means it's not following, you know, 510, 510, 12, 13, 12, 13, but it goes 510, 510, 20 bit. And that's the real risk, Peter. That's a very good point, uh, Stan. Also, the whole weekend effect. If we uh, if if we see a deterioration of the uh, SVB uh, today as well, then we will go into a weekend where there will be a lot of discussion about uh, restructuring and how to uh, how to deal with the fallout from this. You had not that I have uh, not that I put him on a pinnacle or anything, but Bill Ackman, I think, is a as a good uh, barometer of what other maybe hedge fund managers are thinking. He was out saying yesterday that you know. The government should contemplate maybe a bailout of SVP Bank because it's a very, very, very important uh, credit mediator and an intermediary in general in the uh, in the whole Silicon Valley system for for startups, VC funded companies, etc. And and I also we put it on the same slide for uh, Stine, uh, uh, you know the VIX index 
uh, very muted reaction yesterday, 22.6. Um, and then also a chart from bank, courtesy of Bank of America, where you can see the explosion in the zero to uh, zero day to expiry option. It's now almost 50% of the total option volume in the US. And you had the CB, uh, CBOE coming out saying yesterday that they they don't um, they don't see the these options as a as a big uh, problem. Uh, keep in mind, we've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, John had been very much involved in this, but there is this uh, not fight, but a discussion where Bank of America says it's not a big problem together with CBOE. And then you have JP Morgan on the other side saying that it under the right circumstances with the right setup, as you also a little bit allude to here, Stain, could trigger a, a bigger move potentially. But I agree. Uh, let's see how it evolves today, and and then the Monday is the real big test. And and Ola, you're also on uh, on today's call, and we have a little bit of action in the currency market. We we previewed the uh, the Bank of Japan's uh, meeting and a lot of focus on on Bank of Japan and Kuroda. And um, what was the takeaway? Well, the takeaway was basically nothing happened. To her. Uh, Kuroda he um, he ended uh, his term without uh, making any any significant changes. The market potentially had been looking for. A widening of the band but i think at the same time the drop we've seen in bond deals overnight just uh, came uh, to a bit of the, the risk of the yen so the the movement there has been has been relatively uh relatively uh small uh all things considered and uh, we also seen the first remarks from the incoming uh governor waiter that uh that he's basically uh conveying a policy continuity message so um so not a great deal of a uh, of event which 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 otherwise uh, could could which we could potentially have seen there, um, but we also uh, seen um, and I know we talked about it. You mentioned that internally last night in in our internal chat. Um, the Euro Swiss, uh, we're seeing the Swiss strengthening here, and I suppose it's obviously part of that is driven by the the unease that we're seeing elsewhere. No, absolutely, and and secondly, uh, Euro Swiss has broken down, uh, and and that is an interesting story. I, I I think as as a foreign exchange trader of thirty years, uh, you know, when these things starts to happen, I think uh, there's a a few traits that stand, that stands out. One obviously is the dollar yen. Uh, if if we accelerate the sell of risk, we'll, we'll come to the downside driven partly by, of course, higher fixed income uh, prices or lower yields in the US. We have something like small mechanics like Eurostocky. Stocky, as Swedish Corona was already weak going into these events. Uh, and with the underlying weakness that we see in the real estate market and the levers of the Swedish economic model, uh, something like uh, Eurostocky needs to be monitored, particularly if we take out 1140. And, and as we talk right now, it's trading 1139 up six figures on a day. Uh, and then, of course, Euro Norway, you know, based off the commodity space, is is also coming down. So I think, uh, you know, the foreign exchange market is a relatively good way of monitoring the risk on, risk off. Because, uh, you know, if you don't want to be short the equity market as a hedge, as a if, uh, as a as a macro player, we generally sell dollar yen uh, to to have some 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 upsetting risk uh, for our long positions in the marketplace. Thank you for that. And uh, just to finish off the uh, because uh, on the uh, yields front, because obviously this was a week where obviously uh, the terminal rates uh, raised higher. We saw bond yields spike higher, especially at the short end. A lot of that was reversed uh, yesterday as uh, safe haven and uh, the markets, the uneasiness about the banking sector drop. 
uh, played its part. But um, there's no doubt with uh, Powell's basically uh, putting a gun to the market on 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 the early in the week, basically saying that he's prepared to. Uh, to uh, to uh, to risk a recession in order to get inflation under control and that they're very data dependent then obviously today's uh, job report will be watched very closely but the the impact what we've seen uh, yesterday or saw yesterday was based at the the terminal effective rate returned back down to five and a half it was getting close to five uh, i think it was about 570 early in the week and at the same time, the subsequent rate cut the market is pricing in between September this year and the September the following the 24 increased to uh, nearly 125 basis points. So, um, so this is obviously a market uh, suddenly looking uh, potentially looking for a, a uh, well a slowdown in, in in rate hikes, and with that also uh, and 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 subsequently a bigger drop in rates. So um, a lot of volatility still to come there. But overall, if the market's sensing. Any, uh, any that we're getting anywhere near to uh, to peak rates um, through the numbers showing weakness, then obviously you should watch gold pretty carefully. It's bounced off that eighteen hundred level, and it's uh, it's above the the back above the twenty one day moving average. That's the red the red line here on slide six. And uh, if we, if, we, if we can hold above that for a couple of days, that could indicate a return to a momentum. So just these will obviously be very closely linked. And just to finish off the commodity sector, just from the helicopter perspective, this has been a challenging start to March continuation of what we we saw last month. Not only did have we seen the lower uh, growth target uh, being lay, laid out by China, we got the uh, recession threat uh, through Powell's uh, rate hiking. Uh, um, mechanisms and then the, the stock market weakness, which is driving some some um, some lower risk appetite. So so generally, it's been a week where where all uh, where we've seen losses across the board. Uh, at the bottom, we find once again natural gas, but even some like wheat, where we've seen quite a su substantial drop further after the USD uh, report, USD uh, the WASD report early in the week. So a trouble week for commodities and um, and and yeah, really depending on. On on uh, how the uh, we need to clear, keep uh, close eye on on China and obviously what happens uh, on the U.S. rate front. All right, we um, we have already discussed it. So the uh, the stocks to watch today, of course, uh, uh, S and P five hundred banks, the VIX index, uh, and the SVP financial. Uh, we have already covered that extensively, so I won't go into more details on that on on slide eight. Um, in terms of Slide nine, a completely different subject than uh, than today's uh, price action, and also on Monday. But next week's earnings, we um, we have uh, major names uh, reporting, and I've highlighted in blue what what are the most important ones to follow, and that is uh, those are Volkswagen and BMW and Houston and Wednesday. Those are the two uh, you know missing pieces in the uh, before we can sum up the Q four. Uh, quarterly delivery numbers for battery electric vehicles, as you can see here in our EV battle chart, um, we have more uh, EV makers in that in the more extended chart. But these are the four big ones that we're tracking right now, and and we're really, really, really curious to see whether Volkswagen ha has been able to to um, you know increase their production in Q4 in uh, in line with what we have seen from uh, from bo both BYD and, and Tesla really has recently accelerated their production. Um, I think if Volkswagen cannot keep pace here, then we could see a pretty ugly price reaction on uh, on Tuesday. Also on Wednesday, Adobe and Lennar. Lennar is a home builder in the US. Interesting to hear their thoughts on the how the order book is developing. And then Adobe being in the more lofty segment in terms of equity valuations, very sensitive to to interest rates and the and the outlook there. Then on Thursday, FedEx, 
important macro stock to watch because of their big footprint in the global logistics. And then on Friday, not a typical stock that we would be talking about, but with the high interest rates and the uh, pri the home price pressures that we are seeing in, in markets like Canada uh, and Sweden, et cetera, Vonovia, uh, 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 which is uh, one of the big real estate companies out of Germany, um, could potentially also provide a little bit of information and color on what is uh, taking place in Germany in the in the housing or the real estate market, if you will. And then, Ola, if you mind, uh, you know, closing off this uh, this podcast with a, a very quick uh, run through of the macro calendar, which is quite light. Yeah, it's very light, and we'll populate the next week's uh, highlights uh, before we start. We we back on Monday, but obviously today is really all about the the job report. And uh, as I mentioned, um, Powell being a very uh, the Fed uh, FOMC being very data data dependent, uh, that this the, this report is is going to have any could have a quite a significant impact on the market. I don't know if you have any final words, uh, Stein, if you were still with us. Uh, only that, you know, no need to panic yet. Uh, we still have a full trading day ahead of us, uh, but be alert to the fact that there are some dynamic forces that if we come into Monday morning with uh, two negative days, Thursday and today, and then uh, additional selling on Monday, that that's probably the point where, where you need to be a little bit defensive. And I recommend that, and, and then a focus we had is actually the course of the last a month or two is that probably adding a little bit of uh, fixed income exposure under these circumstances. It looks like the Federal Reserve has hit the terminal rate. Uh, if for no other reason, then not from economic, but from systemic risk potentially. Uh, so to me, the, the skew towards being long fixed income, both you know European and, and, and US looks uh, relatively appealing to me in the, in the short and medium term. And at a bare minimum, it uh, if you're an equity guy, it uh, it takes uh, and gives you some some protection on the downside if uh, you know things does escalate. But again, let me stress these these are early days. It is uh, the equivalent of if anyone remember back to 2008. First, we have the BNP uh, funds closing down, and then we had Bear Stearns, and then we had Lehman. I think we are somewhere between BNP closing down the funds and, and a very best Stearns incident uh, because uh, it's a small regional bank. Best Stearns at the time was considered non, 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 not too big to, to fail. Uh, so we are somewhere between those two, but we are definitely not in a, in a Lehman moment yet. And we are not talking about a full banking crisis that needs additional analysis. And, and, and this bank in trouble right now is one that has uh, took has and has been taking huge risk on, on their security side, uh, which is now costing them money. So uh, calm, calm waters, hopefully, by the end of today. Uh, if nothing else, we'll be back on Monday, obviously. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.